Hi, this is Samantha, and you're listening to the Layman's Doctor podcast, where we're bringing medicine home. Today, we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 pandemic. We have now entered what I think is maybe our third wave, if I remember correctly. And I'll be talking to some healthcare workers who we don't necessarily think about um, when we think about COVID-19. In a previous podcast, I spoke to a pharmacist. And today we're going to be talking to two physiotherapists, one that works in the public sector and another that works in the private sector. Recently, um, World Physiotherapy Day or World Physiotherapist Day, I'm not sure which one it was, was the other day. And um, I was talking to my friend Jeffrey, who I have a podcast with about physiotherapy, um, recorded maybe from last year, long time when I just, just started the podcast before COVID even start. And I was talking to him about the importance of physiotherapists um, with COVID-19, especially because COVID-19 is mostly regarded as a respiratory illness, even though it has different um, symptoms and can have different complications um, that include like your blood vessels, your brain, stuff like that. But primarily persons present with shortness of breath, fever, and go on to having some kind of lung infection. So I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and then we're going to talk a little bit more about what it's like being a physiotherapist during covid and the roles that they play um with this fight against covid19 and um just their overall experience good night everyone so i am jeffrey i've been on the podcast before so i'm just here to expound on this lovely thing called covid and i brought a colleague of mine as well, who will now introduce herself. Hi, hello everyone. I am Carice Brown, and I'm, I've been a physiotherapist for about five years now. I'm currently working at the Kingston Public Hospital, but Kingston Public and Victoria Jubilee Hospitals. So I service both hospitals. And I also have a private business that's Power Precision Physiotherapy alongside a business partner. Yes, so I'm here to be in this conversation about COVID-19 and physiotherapy. Okay, so let's start off just a general overview with how has the pandemic been for you and what are some changes you have had to make to how you practice physiotherapy? So at least for myself, um, some changes, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, when we still weren't quite sure what this whole COVID thing is, um, we did know that we had to sort of monitor um, the at-risk population. So I used to treat uh, patients at nursing homes, elderly patients, Populations like that, which at the beginning of the pandemic, I decided to remove myself from those populations just to further minimize uh, a risk towards them. Um, there, are, there are just a few things that we stepped back on 
uh, at the beginning, but having now understood more about this 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 disease, um, we, uh, we we we've changed how we approach uh, treating patients. So that meaning that means wearing PPE, um, face masks, getting our necessary shots. Things like that. All right. So for clarification purposes, PPE stands for personal protective equipment. And that is what healthcare workers and even you guys wear to help protect yourselves from um, COVID-19. When I say you guys, I mean the listeners. So your mask is considered a protective um, personal protective equipment. So we will use masks, whether just face masks or N95s, which have different levels of protection. We'll also use gloves, gowns, face shields, and hair caps, um, things like that to just protect ourselves when we're working or when we're working with patients who have COVID or suspected COVID-19. Carice, I can imagine for you, the experience may have been a bit different um, because most patients with COVID-19 are generally treated as inpatients in the hospital. One question before you answer that other question is, do you guys also see patients who have been discharged in the physio clinic? Like, do you actually see post-COVID patients both i guess privately and in the outpatient department so for the hospital setting it would have been a lot more robust i mean from the get-go before the first patient was confirmed in the island the hospital would have already started preparing its all team members so the doctors and nurses the physiotherapists um everybody who's involved in the care of the patient would have been sensitized. In relation to physiotherapy care, um, at the time, a plan would have been put forward to say, okay, what is existing about respiratory conditions? What might be different about a respiratory condition that is COVID-19 and how we will go about it? So in the initial onset, when you know we started having patients, there would have been a change in our approach. So typically, of course, um, for those of you who may not know, physiotherapists are involved in the care of patients with respiratory conditions. So like your asthma, um, your pneumonia, patients who will come into the hospital because they have difficulty breathing. So of course, we would have already be, been involved with those kind of patients. But taking into consideration COVID-19, it will be a little bit different. We would have been a little bit unsure as to what they're going to come with, what they're going to look like, and how we're going to take care of these patients. So initially, because the concern was that, well, it's highly infectious, it's highly transmissible. So we had to alter our approach, our interventions. So exercises that we would give to help patients to increase their ability to breathe, so sometimes they might be breathing a little too fast and give exercises to help to reduce that. Or they may have issues with cold or secretions on the chest. We typically would have had exercises for that, but we would have had to change those things because our concern was now, am I giving them an exercise that is going to 
cause them to cough a little bit more in the atmosphere and then put them at risk or put us ourselves at risk of um, spreading the virus. So those things would have been the initial concerns. But I mean, as time has passed and we get to understand the nature of the disease a little bit more and to understand that some persons may come into the hospital very ill, but um, they may have issues that are not associated with just breathing, but issues associated with weakness, lacking the ability to move around and stuff like that. So those elements are what we've had to consider over time. In relation to seeing patients who have been admitted for COVID-19 and have been discharged, we have had instances where um, patients who would have been admitted for a prolonged period because of the disease, so they've had a pneumonia or a chest, a severe chest infection associated with the COVID-19, which has caused them to have significant difficulty with breathing. And so even after being discharged, we have to give them a follow-up appointment to come to the physiotherapy clinic to improve their ability to breathe and to even improve their endurance because with breathing you also have to consider my ability to do activities without becoming short of breath and instances like those we've had to say okay you have to come back to us for a follow-up appointment so that we can improve your ability to do your day-to-day activities so is that a yes to even after being admitted for COVID-19 that persons are still seen in the outpatient department for continued physiotherapy? Well, we've had instances where we've had to follow up patients, but in my experience, it has not been a continuous thing. So yes, we've had patients, but as it stands now, it, it's a fluid thing. So it maybe maybe a few months ago, earlier on since 2021, you know, we've had those patients. But as it stands now, we don't really have anybody who's coming in for follow-up appointments. Okay, Jeff, how about you? Um, do you see post-COVID patients in private practice? Right. So um, it's really, as of late, uh, I started to even uh, obtain those referrals. Uh, in the earlier portion of the pandemic, uh, you didn't really see privately, at least for myself, um, referrals for post or long COVID uh, conditions. However, since our lovely spike, um, I, I can say for the last, since summer, um, I have been noticing an increase in the need for long COVID physiotherapy management. So I have started to see uh, persons for, uh, at, as what Therese had said, uh, persons are at home now discharged, no longer COVID positive, and they, are, they still have difficulty to breathe. Uh, they can barely get out of bed. They can barely move around. Um, I have had a case where uh, we're noting neurological deficits due secondary to long COVID. So uh, of late, I'm noticing an increase in those referrals. I'm not sure why, but something, I would say something has shifted. But 
yes, uh, we're now seeing those kinds of cases. Long COVID is such an interesting phenomenon that admittedly, I don't know much about myself because I mostly see patients in the acute setting. So whether that's in primary care or in a accidents and emergency setting, but I do want to have a um, a conversation about long COVID. Um, how how would you say that your COVID nineteen positive patients differ from your in quotation a regular? I don't, you know, I'm not even going to say in quotation regular, I'm going to say a non-COVID pneumonia. So your general or, or even lung pathology. So maybe your heart failure or um, a, a bacterial pneumonia um, that, that, is, that is not suspected to be COVID or maybe even um, an influenza. So as I would have said before, you know, physiotherapists have always been involved in the management of patients with respiratory conditions. So typically, prior to COVID, working in the acute setting, you have a patient who is referred for physiotherapy who has had an acute onset of the asthma. So something in atmosphere triggered the asthma, and of course, the, the inhaler isn't working. So, you know, you come to the doctor, or you come to the hospital and you're admitted to be given medication to help you to get better. So, of course, the doctor will refer you for physiotherapy to give you interventions to help you to breathe better. So, what we would have noticed is that typically the basic exercises were to give deep breathing exercises, um, sustain maximal inspiration. We give exercises to help to remove secretions from the chest. And uh, that is what would have been the primary um, interventions that we would have used. But with COVID, we've noticed that some of these exercises, through what we know with evidence-based um, practice and research, you know, you, you would have typically said, okay, I'm going to give this exercise. But then what we've noticed with COVID-19 patients is that we can't administer the exercise in the same routine, in the mode and the frequency that we're used to giving. So for example, you have a patient who's admitted on the ward for COVID-19 who you know, shows a typical sign of being short of breath or they have a cold. And typically we say, all right, we're gonna give you some breathing exercises to see if we can help to improve your ventilation or the amount of air you're taking in and also to help to control your breathing a little. And we've noticed that you can't necessarily give them the same way as for you'd give an asthmatic patient, right? Um, also, in terms of giving them exercises to help to remove the secretions or the cold from the chest, there are certain exercises that we would give, and we've realized that, well, hey, I can't give the patient in this sort of setting or in the same exact way as, as I'd give a normal patient. So some those are some of the things that we've noticed. Even in relation to the critical patients, because we do understand that with the nature and severity of COVID-19, you would, would have had patients who, because they are not able to breathe on their own or breathe as well as they should, we, these patients are now placed on a ventilator, which helps them to assist, you know, helps to assist with the breathing. And typically before that, we would have given certain interventions to help them to breathe a little better. But then 
what we've noticed with COVID is that it takes a longer time for them to show any signs of improvement or in some instances, despite their best efforts, these interventions do not work. And those are some of the things that we've noticed. It's not a typical case where, okay, you just give them a simple breathing exercise or you tell them to do this or do that, and then you see that there is improvement. Typically, or generally, what we've noticed is that you have to take it as you see it. You take it one step at a time or one day at a time throughout the course of their hospitalization. And in many instances, unfortunately, um, patients still succumb despite their best efforts. That has been like, I think maybe the motto, it's COVID is doing so many things that and a lot of things that you don't even expect. And it's really about treating the patient in front of you. And it's not one size fits all. So that's about patient care. Um, I'm I'm very interested to know what precautions, this is a bit more specific about what precautions physiotherapists take or should take or you recommend they take while treating patients in general because no, we're at the point where we're in community spread and it's kind of this idea that hey it's not just patients who are who have tested positive that are you know um you're going to wear n95 with do you know take universal precautions well not universal precautions but droplets or aerosolizing precautions with all your patients even non-covid patients how do i say this it's a little bit tricky because having experienced um, COVID-19 for myself, meaning personally, as well as having had to treat patients over a period of time, you it's almost as if you kind of get comfortable. You know what to do when these situations come. You take your general precautions. So you know that for physiotherapy, what we're used to is a really hands-on approach, right? depending on the, the condition that the patient presents um, to you with or whatever underlying conditions they may have or any other added complaint that they may have in our general assessment of the patient, it's more of a hands-on approach. But what we've had to take into consideration is that with the transmissibility or the ease of transmission of COVID, the virus itself, you are not you have to ensure that you try and limit your contact with your patient as much as possible. So you try and ask them to do something or demonstrate something as opposed to you going in and touching and feeling as, as you would normally do. Um, additionally, we know our general precautions as it relates to our hand sanitization, washing your hands frequently, and also maintaining your distance. Um, in relation to the acute setting where the patient is on the ward, what we've had to do, and that's based on the general guidelines as it relates to COVID-19, is that we try to minimize the time that we spend with our patients. Because as you said, in community spread, and even for a period of time on the wards, I can say that you're on the ward and you're treating a patient and you hear a couple of days after that, oh my, the patient is actually positive. 
And then initially, initially you would have been like, wow, I can't believe this, what's happening? But what we've had to do is to understand that you have to take your precaution with every single patient. So the general guidelines as it relates to the length of time you spend with a person puts you at a greater risk of contracting the virus. So what that means then is that you are now have you will now have to tailor the time that you spend. So typically for a patient who is admitted on the ward, whether it is for a surgery or they're admitted for the pneumonia or the asthma or heart failure, would spend up to maybe 45 minutes with a patient. But now because of our efforts to try and limit the time that we spend with these patients we are cut down to a time of just 15 minutes and to be honest 15 minutes is not a long time because for the physiotherapists we're not just concerned with what we are seeing in front of us we are concerned with how the environment impacts them and how they impact the environment so we want to know what's going to happen when they get home or who the family member is around them and how these family members will be able to help them so we're asking these kind of questions but now with a 15 minute time it's limit it limits the extent to which you can give that quality care um i don't know if what jeff can allude to in terms of for the private setting but what i can say because as i said before having a private business as well We've seen long COVID patients or patients who are on that phase of long COVID. And you also have to consider when you go into that home setting, that private setting, when you're going to consider that the family members are also there. So you try to maintain your distance with them as well. You try and ensure that you're always in your mask. And depending on the nature of the patient, then you try and figure out, okay, how can I tailor this activity or this exercise from what I normally would do so that I don't put myself at risk or put the patient at risk of contracting in anything. So um, we were talking about um, how practice has changed with COVID. So Jeff, I wanted to ask you, Carice alluded to it in her own private practice, but um, how has your own practice had to change with your patients? Um, know that we're in community spread and you can't necessarily look at persons only having symptoms as being COVID positive, but kind of having this approach of, well, everyone who I'm interacting with may actually be COVID-19 positive. Right. So I, I really had to change my approach as well. I believe Carrie sort of hinted to it earlier where physiotherapy is pretty hands-on. Um, in the past, you know, you're, you're helping a patient to lift their leg when they're walking, you're right beside them, holding on for their life moving with them faces pretty close you know it, it's the physical in physical therapy however since this wonderful pandemic has come into play now um after having reduced my my or not even reduced stopped my sessions with nursing homes or even persons that were placed um initially in the at risk category um, I've had to change my approach to physiotherapy 
in my practice or in the private world uh, completely. Um, I, I have to ensure my hand hygiene is top notch. So I do a lot of home health. I, I do home visits. I see a lot of patients going from home to home. So I have to ensure my hands are washed before, are sanitized before. Are, I do that again once I enter the house, once I treat the patient afterwards, once I get in my vehicle, and we do it all over again at the next house. I also ensure, um, similarly, the personal protective devices. So I have my mask. Um, in certain cases, some houses are very hot. So I might choose to not wear a face shield. Um, but similarly as well, in cases like that, I do have to ensure that the area I am in is properly ventilated. Every door, every window, everything is open, breeze is flowing right through, um, and I am not as close or cut up next to the patient as I used to be. So you tend to find where I am now, instead of touching and lifting legs and moving and all of that, I am now directing. So I am showing I'm saying, okay, this is what we're going to try and do. Can you do it for me? And I, I get the best out of the movement that I can each time in cases like that. Um, so it, it has caused me to be a little bit more in the background, but at the same time, I still have to provide... Uh, the best care that I can to my patients based on the latest evidence uh, for that specific condition. So a lot of times, uh, Carice alludes to, you know, hospital settings, a lot of um, cardiopulmonary conditions. So I am still currently seeing a lot of neurological conditions like stroke, stroke, um, brain injuries, uh, cases like that that do require your uh, hands-on work previously, I, I have to rely a lot now on electrical devices that causes movement, a lot of visualizations, a lot of repetition or, or self-assisted movements, uh, things like that. While every now and then, um, um, I still do hands-on because you, you can't get rid of it completely. But as Carissa had said even earlier, um, you're, you're trying to minimize the contact time with the patient, even if they're not uh, uh, positive or suspected or anything like that. Because we're in community transmission, you never know. So I, I approach every patient um, as if they could be. So I'm minimizing that in-your-face contact time while still giving you the best care that I can. All right, so we've spoken about um, 
a lot a few things um how how especially how um care has changed for patients i want to talk about the actual importance of having physiotherapists involved in the care of patients who have COVID-19 and also having commentary on when to actually get them involved. Like, do we wait or as soon as we have someone who is maybe hypoxic and we um, they're admitted that the first day of admission or like, okay, we're going to refer this patient to physiotherapy. Um, yeah. What is the benefit of having physiotherapy as an add-on to treatment in COVID-19? All right. So, I mean, in the hospital setting, physiotherapy plays an important role in that early phase of COVID-19 because we're offering both respiratory and mobility care. Um, in my experience, I can speak to, oops, let's say, the second wave in March of this year when we had that spike. And I remember um, patients who came or who I work at a facility that is the tertiary institution, so where patients are unable to be adequately managed at another facility, then these patients are transferred to where I work. So the patients I got in March were patients who are severely ill to the point where they require ventilation, uh, ventilator, sorry, or mechanical ventilator. So we would have understood the practices were that as that patient comes to the facility who is mechanically ventilated, then the patient is referred for physiotherapy. Um, as we understand with COVID-19 as a virus, you know, it causes a deterioration in the respiratory system. So the patient is not able to breathe properly because of destruction in those areas of the lungs. So they have issues with oxygenation. They have issues with um, secretions because it's an infection and it's in the lungs. What will happen is that the body sets up its own inflammatory process trying to fight it. And then what happens is that you have a buildup of mucus. So the physiotherapist plays a role in helping to loosen that secretion or to remove the secretions. So those patients who are severely ill from the get-go, those patients are admitted, um, are referred to physiotherapy, sorry. For the patients who would be maybe classified as moderately ill, um, so these patients come in, they may require oxygen, but they may appear stable. So the practices I've seen is that the doctor may choose to refer the patient maybe two days or a day after being admitted to the hospital. But the fact is that as soon as is possible, the patient is referred because we want to ensure that we include those techniques to adjust the breathing rhythm and also to increase the strength or to strengthen the muscles of breathing, those chest muscles that help with breathing. Um, the other phenomenon as well is that you may have a patient who comes in who may have a difficulty breathing, but maybe a few days after that part kind of subsides. But then the other thing to consider is that patients who are hospitalized also become very weak. And so the physiotherapist comes in now to say, all right, we're going to try and start getting you moving, right? They try, they will have difficulty with just getting out of bed 
or walking around the bed, lifting the legs, lifting the arms. So as soon as it's possible, we start with that kind of training as well to get them back on their feet. So I am noticing that as well in the private world. Um, I am seeing referrals. Patients are discharged Sunday and Sunday night. I'm getting calls for treatment Monday morning. Um, so you do want to, to start as soon as possible because similarly, though they might have been discharged from the hospital, though they might no longer be positive or anything like that. I think what I'm noticing is hospital space is a major issue. So patients that are able to be discharged, go home, um, and then receive care, I, I am noticing trends toward that. I just wanted to add, um, though we are talking about, you know, that acute phase when they're in the hospital, there's also, because based on what has been put out there in terms of information that's coming out, we know about long COVID, but then there's this intermediary phase where even though the patient is not typically demonstrating signs that they have COVID or can transmit the virus, you have an ongoing COVID symptom. So as Jeffrey said a while ago, they're home today, but they might show signs that they're still short of breath. They still have challenges with moving about. They feel easily fatigued and tired from simple activities. And even during that middle phase, before it gets to long COVID, there is a role for physiotherapy to try and just get them all back on their feet. The last question I had before we kind of wrapped up everything was just what would you say really to what would you say really to physiotherapists who are practicing whether publicly or privately know in the time of covid and what lessons um or tips you may have learned and want to pass on to them Um, the first thing is to understand your role as a physiotherapist. Um, I think we're still in that phase where the general population does not know what physiotherapy is, the significance of the role we play in just managing patients. Because a lot of times they think that physiotherapists are just involved with sports or just injuries. But here we're seeing that we have been crucial in the management of patients who have respiratory lung conditions, right? And as it relates to COVID-19, understanding that you have to be, you have to treat your patient as a unique person. It's not a case where, oh, you've seen so many asthmatic patients before or so many pneumonia type patients, but everybody is unique and you have to treat your patient as someone who's different and unique to you. Um, additionally, understanding that it, it's a work in progress, right? It's still unfolding. We're still trying to understand everything. And though we've come a far away, we still don't know what's yet to come. So as we go through and we see our patients, whether they're in the hospital or they're just discharged or 
um, they've passed that phase for a couple of weeks now and they're still having challenges, also have to consider what's going on in the mind because a lot of times we don't even consider the fact that though physically they are they have been unwell, also consider what's going on with them psychologically because you've had to be in a position where you are locked away from your family and your friends for a considerable amount of time. You see patients who may die around you or you are so unwell that you're now scared that am I going to die too? And those things for me has been one of the greatest lessons or things to consider for my patients to be able to be there for them to let them know, all right, let's just take this one step at a time, one day at a time. I know it's challenging. I know you're used to running up and down and doing this and doing that, but let's just focus on this task at this point. Let's just try and see if we can just get this job done right now. And I would just want to encourage other, other physiotherapists out there that, you know, take everything a step or a day at a time. Yeah. All right. I mean, I couldn't say it any better. <laughs> um, one thing, though, that um, has personally helped me to, to just kind of wrap my head around COVID or how to uh, approach it. We were, as physicians, we're, again, we're, we're taught orthopedics, so bones, muscles, things like that, tendons. We're taught cardiopulmonary, lungs, heart, all of that. And we're taught neurologically, so brain, spinal cord, nerves, etc. During uh, our cardiopulmonary training, we, we, we learned um, about this disease called TB, tuberculosis, um, and how it can affect persons. During my training, I, I had some experience at the National Chess Hospital that has a tuberculosis ward or section, and to even enter into that ward, you would have to done put on an n95 mask well fitted and we had to go and treat those patients because they require our services we couldn't necessarily um, fear that oh lord what if i get this how this gonna affect me whatever whatever i think a lot of physicians get into the or a lot of healthcare professionals get into it because we, we really we really want to help we really want to make a difference so though we will try and protect ourselves at the end of the day we are are trying to do the very best for our patients so having gotten that experience and oh what this tb is um similarly at the national at the children's hospital i had a patient with uh, quite an infective lung disease many 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 moons ago and they had to be isolated and i was in charge of taking care of them as an intern 
So even entering that per patient's room, gloves, masks, um, hair net, foot net, all of that. Um, and then treat them. Uh, a lot of a lot of that treatment had to do had to deal with sputum collection, so I had to aerosolize that patient. This and again, this is a patient that has an infective lung disease that is contagious. I had to expose myself to that. So having gotten that experience when COVID came about, I was like, "All right, I've been through similar." So. Uh, as long as I know I do what needs to be done based on the latest latest literature, the latest protective, everything that is out there, I keep myself safe. I know that I can do what needs to be done and treat my patients, treat all of them effectively and efficiently while myself staying protected. I, I just want to knock a little board. I've done maybe 14 COVID tests now, and fortunately, all of them have come back negative. I'd like to continue that trend. So clearly, I must be doing something correctly. So so we've, as physicists, we've all, um, we're all trained, and we're taught about that. So that helped me get over the, 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 ooh, COVID. Um, so, so as long as we do what is necessary, we do the right things, we follow the right guidelines and rules, and we provide the best care to our patients. Similarly, they themselves are scared. They, they hear what's going on, they know what's going on, and they're experiencing what's going on. So, Sometimes instead of just physiotherapy, physical therapy, we might have to do a little bit of talking therapy <laughs> um, um, to, to help guide them through their, their concerns and, you know, to just get them to the other side of recovery as best as possible. Thank you so much for that. I... I think that's really important that you brought up your experience at National Chest and that uh, even for other healthcare workers who might be a bit hesitant um, to, to work with COVID-19 in general, it's really important to go back to um, our training and our understanding of um, medicine and, and what we were taught to do and also to, to look back at what precautions are necessary for various procedures. And to be honest, at the start of the pandemic, um, I, I told quite a number of persons and also shared um, with some students as well, um, Open WHO, which actually has a few courses on PPE and when to wear them and how to use them effectively and you know if you're if your place of work has done in and doffing sessions go to them if you're not yet fit tested try as soon as possible to get fit tested um, because we don't want the standard of care to 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 be 
affected really because of this pandemic what we want is that we just find alternative ways um to still treat these patients and still remember that um we're not necessarily treating a disease but we're treating the patient in front of us and it can be such a nerve-wracking experience to go to a, a healthcare worker or, or just a healthcare facility and you kind of feel alienated already because you have to be separated from the general population and you know everyone that's seeing you is is covered from head to toe you can barely see their faces you can barely re- i've had persons say speak to me and i was like oh i wasn't the person that see you and the truth is you really can only judge based on height and body habitus and everything like that so where we can still keep that human touch i think it's very important because covid can be a very lonely disease and um a very alienating one as well and i think that the last place you'd want to feel alone or for want of a better word scorned even is when you're at your most vulnerable and you're asking for care so thank you guys so much for being a part of this of course you know you get to plug yourselves and where can people follow you where can you find you both of you have private practices so you can also plug those as well um the floor is open and thank you again so much for being a part of this podcast Thank you for having us. Um, I at least just want to add to the last portion of what you said, where some patients, you know, mix you up. I've I've treated, I would say at this point, dozens of patients now that have no idea what my face properly looks like. Some are, are so surprised when they see like a WhatsApp picture, like, oh, that's what you look like. Um, so... We do need to, to ensure that we keep that human touch and that connection um, during these times. But I will let Miss Brown go first in plugging her everything because I'm sure all our list all your listeners have heard how knowledgeable this young miss is. And she's on the front lines. Uh, one thing I'd want to say, you know, big up all frontline workers because you guys are doing, you guys trust me, trust me. So I, 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 I will not consider myself a frontline. I am essential, but I am not a frontline worker because I am not seeing these types of cases day in day out you go and see a patient there today and unfortunately sometimes they're not there tomorrow um i know paris has the experience where you know where we're, we're doing all our different therapeutic activities all the air clearance exercises all of that and the o2 stat is still 88 like really come on so I just have to big up every frontline worker. I consider myself a midline or backline. <laughs> like, you know, I get them after after you guys take care of them. So keep taking care of them and I'll I'll hold up the fence for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um so I just want to extend gratitude to Samantha for having me here this evening. It was really an interesting conversation. I mean, we don't really get the opportunity. A lot of times, 
throughout the pandemic, unfortunately, we hear a lot of interviews for um, doctors and the nurses, True. you know, persons are being interviewed, but they don't take the time to ask the physiotherapist, you know, how have we been managing throughout this pandemic? So I really appreciate Samantha for having taken the time out to just ask, you know, what have we been doing and how have we been managing and our role in this um, fight against COVID? So yes, I am a frontline physiotherapist working at the Kingston Public and Victoria Jubilee Hospitals, but I also have a private physiotherapy business. Um, it's a healthcare business that offers physiotherapy and fitness services. We offer both home care and in-office care. Um, so if you want to check us out, you can visit our Instagram page at Power and Precision Physiotherapy. Yeah. Lovely. And um, so I am Jeffrey Miller. It's probably interesting to give my full name now at the end of the podcast. Uh, but I'm Jeffrey Miller. Um, I go by Techno Physio as well. Um, I, I am in the private sector for physiotherapy management, treating any and everything that comes my way to the best of my ability. I mainly do house visits within the Kingston St. Catherine region. So if you'd like to reach out to me, I take emails at technophysiorehab at gmail.com. If you want to find me on any socials, it's it's at it's a Jeffy. I-T-S-A-J-E-F-F-I. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or concerns that anyone has about anything. Thank you again, Samantha, for having us. Definitely. No one really sits down and asks the physios, you know, how are you? We get burnt out too. You know, so thank you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for listening. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so by emailing me at doctor at gmail.com all spelled out you can also go on my website www.thelaymansdoctor.com and send me a message there or you can dm me on social media whether instagram or twitter i'm fairly responsive on those media as well um and that would be at the layman's dr thank you so much for listening and until next time